0: What they found is that dogs who were spayed and neutered, uh, kind of in that six months and younger group, uh, which has been our traditional way of doing things, the dogs that were spayed and neutered early had a much higher incidence of elbow dysplasia, hip dysplasia, arthritis problems early in life. They also discovered that there was a higher rate of cancers, osteosarcoma, which is bone cancer, hemangiosarcoma, which is a blood cancer uh, of the spleen or kidneys or heart. Uh, Much higher incidence in the animals that were spayed and neutered young.
1: Welcome to the Doggy Dan podcast show, helping you unleash the greatness within your dog. hello and welcome everybody to another doggy dan podcast show and today we have dr judy morgan with us and i don't know if i'm as excited i'm more intrigued because today we have dr judy morgan with us and dr judy morgan She has these letters after her name, which I'm going to ask her what they actually mean, because I've got to be honest, and I'm a very honest person. I'm not too sure what they are. DVM, CVA, CVCP, CVFT. She's an integrated veterinarian. She's recently retired from clinical practice. She was voted 2018 Woman of the Year in the Pet Industry. 2019 Pet Age Woman of Influence, 2019 International Association of Top Professionals Veterinarian of the Year, and I am a OTP 2020 woman of influence. She's an internationally renowned speaker and best selling author of four books on holistic pet care and dog nutrition. She's been featured on hundreds of radio and television shows worldwide using traditional Chinese medicine food therapy. Dr. Morgan has been able to improve health and longevity for her patients, minimalizing medications and reducing side effects. Dr. Judy Morgan, It is an honor to have you on the show today. Welcome.
0: Well, thank you very much. Thank you very much for the invitation. I really appreciate it.
1: I want to get started by asking you about DVM, CVA, CVCP, and CVFT. (laughs) I'm I'm always interested. Yeah. I do feel a a little bit stupid, but I want to know, and I'm an honest person. So, yeah. Yep.
0: Well, uh, somebody somebody probably said to me, "He who has the most letters wins." So, um, yep. um, but DV, DVM is Doctor yep. of Veterinary yep. Medicine. CVA is Certified Veterinary Acupuncturist. Ah. CVC, CVCP is Certified Veterinary Chiropractor. Practitioner. Wow. And. CVFT is certified
1: veterinary food therapist got it and you know this sums me up I, I I felt a bit stupid asking I'll be honest I thought maybe I should know all of those and I guess the DVM one but the other three it really does paint a picture of who you be which is this really integrated vet that's so I'm glad I asked yes. got it acupuncture yeah wow love it so I'm going to hand over to you. Tell us a little bit about who you be, um, and today, of course, we're chatting about spaying and neutering. Which, yeah, I'm really intrigued about that. So, with that in mind, tell us about your where you come from, where you know, where you are in the states, and uh, a little bit of your history before we dive into spaying and neutering of dogs.
0: Okay. Uh, Well, I am actually a Jersey girl. I was born and raised and spent most of my life in New Jersey, which is on the east coast of the US and spent 35 years in clinical veterinary practice. I retired from clinical practice in November of 2020 and moved south to North Carolina Uh, mostly because uh, my first granddaughter was born. She's now 15 months old, and that was enough for me to uh, vamoose from clinical practice. But about uh, 2013, I also started my company, Naturally Healthy Pets. And so my focus now is through our Naturally Healthy Pets platform. Uh, We do have a website, drjudymorgan.com, where we have over 250 products that are natural health, products for dogs and cats actually we now are carrying products for chickens and horses as well and uh, we also have an educational platform called dr judy U, and that is to educate pet owners to help them help their pets live their longest healthiest and best lives
1: wow brilliant yeah i had a look at your website loved it love it Thank you. dr judy morgan.com so when it comes to spaying and neutering, what's your uh, what's your history there? What's your experience? I've just to give you mine. I've I've talked to people a lot about it, but I don't really know how much I know. I I, I my my knowledge really comes from very much from the um, behavioural side of things, sure. and I've seen what happens when a doggy comes into a doggy daycare who's not um, who's not been neutered. And, um, yeah, this little chihuahua, I've got to tell you this story. I'll start the story. The reason, the reason I kind of, I couldn't believe it. This chihuahua walks into a doggy daycare and he's the most humble little fella. You know, he's, he's tiny. He's five pounds, six pounds, 10 pounds, maybe. And he's like the Pied Piper of Hamlin. He has 25 dogs in a line following him, marching around, all standing over the top of him, including kind of, you know, 60-pound Rottweilers, almost bullying him. And I said to the lady who ran the Doggy Daycare, what is going on with little Bobby? Why are they all doing that? It's his first day here. And she said, he's entire. That's all it was. And they (laughs) would not leave him alone. And the, the, you know, the... The attention, the unwanted attention that poor little dog got <laughs> was incredible. And that's when I went, got it. Because his personality could pull it off, yep. but only just. Yeah. Whereas <laughs> another dog would be like, go away, leave me alone. So, so that's where I come from, the behavioral side of things. Um, but I'm fascinated to know your, where you're coming from and what your experience is with, with this.
0: Well, it has changed dramatically over the past 30, okay. 35 years and really most dramatically over the past 10 to 12 years. Um, in veterinary school, when I was in school back in the early 1980s and really continuing even through now, the young veterinarian students are taught, hey, we're going to spay and neuter everything at six months of age. And uh, generally we talk about spaying, um, and this is in the U.S. I don't know how it is in other countries. I can speak for the U.S. schools. Uh, yep. Spaying at six months before they come into heat so that you know, we won't get uh, an unwanted accidental breeding. Um, we won't have clients and owners having to deal with a dog in heat that is messy and might make a mess in the house. Um, not having to deal with their little female attracting all the little boys in the neighborhood to their front doorstep or their yard Um, (laughs) and we've talked about neutering the boys for behavioral issues well it'll stop them from marking on everything it'll stop them from developing aggressive tendencies Uh, and certainly with the females if we spay them before they ever go into heat the risk of pyometra, which is a uterine infection is is zero Uh, Over the years, things have changed, and we have a lot more research behind what we are doing now. And my thoughts and the way that I ran uh, the spay-neuter part of my clinic changed drastically. Even how I handle my own dogs has changed over the the past half dozen years. Um, So with studies that are being performed, and also the other thing that we have been getting a lot of in this country, is early spay neuter because shelters have just, dis- and you know, rescue organizations have discovered that if they adopt out a rescue animal that is intact, the chances of it having more litters are very high because people may promise at our local shelter in New Jersey, they would have people prepay for the spay or neuter. They use this program for 20 years. People would prepay for the spay or neuter, they would take their puppy or kitten home and then they had a voucher to get the animal spayed or neutered when it hit that magic six months of age. And when they actually did the research and went back and looked, they discovered that only 30% of those animals actually did get spayed and neutered. So even though it was prepaid, only 30% of the people actually followed through. And Mm. so that did not solve the population problem in the area. And the shelter was always overflowing with more and more unwanted litters and uh, just not a good situation. So they adopted what a lot of shelters have adopted in the US, which is in order for you to take that puppy or kitten or adult animal home, it is going to be spayed or neutered before it leaves our premises or at least before it enters your household. So they started doing that for quite a few years and it did help with the unwanted uh, stray populations and the turn-ins of litters. So that was helpful. Uh, But then we started seeing a lot more problems with incontinence, particularly in females, Uh, hip, Mm. hip dysplasia, elbow dysplasia. And then thankfully, Uh, some veterinary scientists who like to do research i'm not one of those people i like to read the research i don't like to do it Uh, they used there was a great study using rottweilers and another great study using golden retrievers and one of the reasons those two breeds were used is that there's such a large population of them and there's a large population of spayed and neutered as well as intact dogs because on the show circuit they're intact so there's a huge population of them that were available for testing and what they found is that dogs who were spayed and neutered uh, kind of in that six months and younger group uh, which has been our traditional way of doing things The dogs that were spayed and neutered early had a much higher incidence of elbow dysplasia, hip dysplasia, arthritis problems early in life. They also discovered that there was a higher rate of cancers, osteosarcoma, which is bone cancer, hemangiosarcoma, which is a blood cancer uh, of the spleen or kidneys or heart, uh, much higher incidence in the animals that were spayed and neutered young. So then we have to look at what protective effect are those hormones playing within the body? Because when we spay, we are taking out the ovaries and the uterus. So we are taking out the source of those female hormones. When we neuter, we are removing both testicles. We are removing the source of the male hormones. Now the body does produce small amounts of those hormones. All females have a small amount of male hormone. All males have a small amount of female hormone, mostly produced by the adrenal glands But uh, what we saw was when we took away those hormones early on, one of the things that it did, uh, and the reason behind the arthritis, is that when we spay or neuter before the growth plates in the bones are closed, the growth plates will stay open longer in the long bones. So the bones in the legs. And what happens is those long bones continue to grow and actually push, the femur the long leg bone out of the hip socket and actually pushed the uh, radius and ulna out of the elbow socket so we were seeing a lot more elbow and hip dysplasia and if they waited and spayed and neutered after the growth plates were closed then we didn't have that that excessively long growth period of those long bones so it's very protective um, so it, it totally changed for those of us who are you know staying up to date on what's going on in the research studies which most traditional veterinarians i can tell you uh, don't have time and uh, it's not important to them and they are still spaying and neutering at six months or younger Um, but when when you're coming at it from a more holistic side you tend to look at why are those hormones there what are they doing for the body and if we compare it to human research Ask any woman who has undergone gone an ovariohysterectomy, hysterectomy, which is basically a spay, the hormonal changes that occur in their body, the um, tendency to be overweight, the tendency to have dry mucous membranes, dry eyes. It's It's a huge change for the body. So those hormones do a lot more than just get the dog pregnant. So that's what we've had to look at.
1: Wow. That's incredible. Now... Without, I, I, I love what you've shared and I'm sitting here going, wow, it's true. I've heard these rumors. You know, it's almost like, a, <laughs> I feel almost like one of the conspiracy people who, who's heard these stories and I'm like, what? So, but, but tell me, when you say it's higher, I guess that's the question. So before I jump to the, conc- there's two questions I've got. One is you talk about r- Rottweilers and Golden Retrievers. Yes um, is, can we can we kind of assume that it's the same across all the breeds? Let's answer the breed question first. Is, are all breeds does it work the same for all breeds? That's the question.
0: Actually it doesn't. There uh, was a great article and I, oh, yeah. I should have dug it out. Um, there was a great article published maybe six months ago where they compared different breeds and particularly different sizes of breeds. So we, the, wow. the big studies were done early on in the Rotties and the Goldens. Um, again, because we had a large population of them. But then somebody had this great idea that said, well, does a Chihuahua have the same problems as a Rottweiler? They're opposite ends of the spectrum. So certainly for the large breed dogs where we've got a lot of long leg growth, um, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, and so somebody actually did Uh, a comparison between a lot of different breeds. And it was found that the, um, the problems don't seem to be as big in the smaller breeds of dogs as they do in the larger breeds of dogs. Um, I, I still, uh, and, and they still said that it really is better to let them reach full maturity. So if that's at. 12 months or 15 months Now, if we're talking large breeds of dogs some of those dogs mature very slowly they also have a very short life anyway so we're looking at an irish wolfhound whose lifespan might be nine years and they don't finish growing until they're five years (laughs) wow wow
1: yep yep got you and in terms of percentages um how, how much, what is the increase? I mean, I guess where I'm coming from is you hear it's going to be an increased chance of arthritis and hip dysplasia cancer, blood cancer. What, what what are we talking about there? Are we talking like a doubling? Is it is it an incredibly high rate increase? Or is it...
0: Unfortunately, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but no. it, was, it was a significant enough change. Uh, and, and the arthritis, I would say it's doubling, tripling, and more. Um, for the cancer, um uh, probably a doubling. Um, and again, I don't have those numbers in front of me, but, uh, it was significant enough that it was published in research journals, published and really talked about in the veterinary community. Um, so if it wasn't significant, if it was like, oh, he's a 10% greater chance, nobody would talk about it because it wouldn't be big enough for, for us to stop doing what we've done traditionally. Um, but it, it's, it is a big enough change, particularly with the arthritis. And I've, I've seen it looking back over the, the years of how we used to do things and then we changed the way we were doing things in my practice. It, it made a huge difference. It, it really, the, the health and longevity of the animals uh, changed pretty drastically.
1: So what you're saying is you've stopped doing the spaying and neutering so young and you've actually seen the change. Is that what you're yes, saying? Yes,
0: yes. So, uh, oh. what we started doing is, um, and it, it, it's a conversation that has to be had with every client because there are um, some clients, their dog roams <laughs> at will, uh, th- that's not the client that I'm, and you know, if they, if they're not going to be responsible about their, I, 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 did a school talk once and a little boy came up to me very proudly. He was in like eighth grade. And he came up to me proudly. He said, our dog has had 80 puppies.
1: Oh dear
0: and i just looked at him and said can i give you a card for spay neuter <laughs> just, yeah. uh, so clearly it has to be the conversation with the right clients but what we started doing is waiting until we knew the growth plates were closed looking at the breed and what age that was most likely to occur so for most of our, our dogs, we were letting them, go for the females, we were letting them go through at least two heat cycles. So the first one generally is around seven months, but somewhere between six and nine. And the second one's going to be somewhere between 15 and 18 months most likely. So we were yes. looking at spaying these dogs at 18 to 24 months of age. So we knew that they were through with their growth phase. Some clients chose to leave them uh, intact longer um, and not, you know, if, they, if there was any thought in the back of their mind, well, I, I want to show the dog, I want to breed the dog, something like that, uh, we would leave them intact longer. For the males, frankly, unless we had a huge aggression issue, we, were, we had gotten to the point we were recommending not neutering. And for the first time in my life i have two unneutered males in my house which is yeah very unusual um my 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 girls are spayed so that does actually i only have one girl right now but that does me and she was spayed late she was spayed at four um so that makes it a lot easier it is again it has to be the right pet owner because to have unneutered males and unspayed females in the same household, you have to be good at organizing and separating and keeping track of what's going on. Uh, so it is a very individualized issue. And I've had clients come to me and say, look, I can't handle an unneutered male and an unspayed female. Which one do I do? And generally we'll spay the female, uh, unless their male is causing big issues. Um, but I, I really could go either way. It's kind, of, it's kind of up to the owner on that one, uh, which, wow. they, which they choose to do. But uh, there are a lot of people, there are a lot of breeders out there who manage 15 dogs in their house, everybody unspayed, unneutered, and puppies. So it, it can be done, but it does take that person who is wanting to do that.
1: Fascinating. It's a podcast right there. Two male, entire male dogs wandering around the same house. I mean, part of it. I why I'm I'm so grateful to jump on this call with you is you're kind of coming from a, you're like um, what do you call those people who go into the wild? One of those explorers, you know, the the people who, <laughs> the initial venturers, you know, the ones. So, hey, somebody has to somebody has to
0: blaze the trail. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, exactly. So tell us, what's it like having two entire male dogs? Because I imagine there's a bit of a myth for me around it. It's like nearly all the dogs I've worked with have been uh, neutered so so is it true to, you know are they i mean i want a bit of a better word you know are they are they wandering around the house i've seen dogs who aren't neutered and they you know they're pissing seven eight nine ten times an hour and i'm like whoa uh, well, i do have that so issue is,
0: okay, uh, okay okay so uh, my dogs wear belly bands my boys wear belly bands um i do a load of dog laundry every day
1: Uh, so a belly a belly band just to explain that for those of us who aren't aware so the belly band is uh it's
0: it's a wrap and it's actually something that we sell on our website we have them made and it's got a very thick absorbent pad and then it velcros up across their back dogs wear them great it's no problem and they're washable and reusable so i just have a whole bunch of them and i have my little doggy laundry and we just do doggy laundry because my older male he he really does like to mark and he's so funny because he's wearing his belly band and I see him go over and lift his leg on something, I'm like, well that's fine, you didn't hit anything you got your band, now you're wet so it's fine Um, so I, you know, and the dogs wear them fine Um, fascinating Fascinating. my, my younger, so he's about eight years old and my younger one is that's intact is only about four months old right now so he doesn't even he doesn't even know what he's doing with them yet but they'll be fine Uh, and and all of my dogs are also trained to use washable piddle pads because uh, if we travel and we're staying in a hotel and I can't get my dogs outside I can throw down a waterproof piddle pad and
1: not worry about it
0: so uh, for me doing doggy laundry is just no big deal (laughs)
1: <laughs> but I like yeah, yeah. I like
0: having that option available, and we also have uh, diapers for the little girls as well. My girls don't need to wear my girl. She doesn't need to wear them. Um, I had an incontinent female, so she had to wear them. Um, so, for me, having particularly the intact males, it's just not a big deal. Um, you know, and again, it's a personal thing. For yeah. some people they would say oh my gosh i'm not doing pee laundry for my dog that sounds horrible uh it's no big deal for me so yeah
1: <laughs> yeah no i get it i get it everybody's in a different situation and a lot of it can depend on where you live and what sort of lifestyle you've got if you've got three kids and you live in the city and you're busy as can be and yep. you've got a it's different from if you live out in the countryside and you know it's very very different depending on how much room you've got exactly exactly now the the other um the other question i've got is regarding your entire male uh the aggression side of things (laughs) does does he get more attention or do you think he's more bolshie i mean it's hard to know how he'd be without um his testicles so, uh, so uh, but does he get attention from other dogs i guess that's my real question i, I know it's hard to tell because uh,
0: you haven't got no the i mean the the puppy thinks he's the best thing since sliced bread but it's also because well first of all i have cavalier king charles spaniels and english toy spaniels so uh yeah they're, they're not aggressive to begin with um but my intact older male is low man on the totem pole he he gotcha he wouldn't know how to be if somebody attacked him he would roll over and play dead he just that's yeah, who yeah. he is um i used to before i had cavaliers i had dobermans um you know if i had a 100 pound intact doberman male maybe i would look at it a little differently but um yeah. i mean again my dobermans were always marshmallows as well i had a rottweiler he was a marshmallow so um You know, a lot of it has to do with how well socialized they are. Um, Yeah, I mean, you're a dog trainer. You know, it has to do with socialization. It has to do with with respecting boundaries and training. Um, I I have seen some very aggressive male dogs. I've I've had to work with some very aggressive male. I've had to work with aggressive females. Um, So I think a lot of it has to do with training and certainly if someone came to me with an, a, an aggressive intact male um, I would definitely have a discussion with them over the potential that getting rid of some of that testosterone might make him a little less pushy um, but if it's not accompanied by training and uh, you know, a good quality diet that's not going to contribute to his um, inflammatory nature. Uh, you know, it, it's not a quick oh, we'll neuter him and that'll make him a, a, a sweetheart if he already has aggressive tendencies. There's a lot more to it.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's um, it's not a, uh, it's not an alternative to training. <laughs> exactly. Are you going to train your dog or are you going to neuter your dog? Exactly. <laughs> Which one? No, it's yeah. <laughs> So, um, but you have definitely noticed that. I mean, I just want to confirm you've noticed that the dogs who get neutered 10, that testosterone level when it drops definitely does reduce, you know, that, some of that.
0: Well, it it generally will decrease marking behaviors. Uh, Although my little neutered male, he was neutered when he was nine or 10 months old. Um, He likes to mark things
1: what about the what about the aggression what about the aggression side of things do you find it reduces that
0: perhaps perhaps um it's okay. really hard to say yep. because it is really interesting is. that i have had eight week old puppies come in and be incredibly aggressive yeah um you know generally we're talking rottweilers shepherds dogs that are made to be guard dogs or working dogs and some of them are being bred for that personality but when I see an eight week old puppy that comes in and it is already aggressively going for people, uh, he doesn't have enough testosterone yet to be causing that to all be testosterone related. Yes. So, um, gotcha. you know, for some of them,
1: it's, pre, it's, it's exactly. temperament is what you're saying. A lot of it is this temp. Yeah, totally. Gotcha.
0: It, exactly. You know, it's that whole, is it nature or nurture? Yeah. It, it's a combination.
1: Yeah, I, I, that's a great point. I mean, I, I've got one dog who, you know, he's called Jack. He's a Texan Catahoula Leopard Dog, part Te- Catahoula, and, um, and he is the most dominant beast I've I've probably ever met by nature. He's he's not aggressive and he's not bad, but the thought of him having more um, testosterone. (laughs) And and, and also, you know, I've got to say this, this dog can pee-pee. He pee-pees like a racehorse. You know, there was one time (laughs) where he, he can stand there for kind of probably well over a minute and look at you and smile and carry on and carry on and carry on and you stand there and laugh and you crack a joke and he keeps going and he keeps going and you could run and get a a, you know we've often joked you could run and get a camera and come back and he's still there he's just there seems to be more liquid comes out than goes in i don't understand how that happens so it's a, it's interesting.
0: Yeah, that's my mail too. So interesting,
1: <laughs> interesting. So, so one question before I forget is to do with um, is to do with the feeding. Does the feeding, if a dog has been fed um, kibble fed kibble, has, is, does it make a difference if it's been fed kibble or, or raw food when it comes to you know cancer and the spaying and neutering? Does that affect anything? Do you, have you found?
0: Uh, yes, <laughs> oh. uh, there was, there have been some really great studies. Um, some of them are frankly 15 years old showing that fresh food in the bowl, even if it's only about a third of the diet versus all kibble, uh, increases health and longevity, decreases risk of developing cancer by a large percentage, um, and uh, there was a great study done last year that uh, talked about allergies, and I know this is a different topic, but talked about allergies and the inherit inheritability inheritability of allergies from parents to offspring, and if the parents were kibble fed and the puppies are kibble fed, you, those puppies are going to have allergies their whole life. Uh, through the, so we're talking like atopic dermatitis the inhaled allergies environmental allergies and food allergies can play into it as well Uh, dogs where the puppies were weaned straight onto raw food had a significant significantly lower risk even though they had inherited the allergy propensity from their parents it was about a 75 percent lower risk of displaying allergy problems throughout their life if the parents had been raw fed and the puppies were raw fed the chances of them inheriting the the allergy component went almost to zero, so uh, raw feeding has as a and, and you know what, I hate to even say raw feeding whole food feeding uh, versus kibble because some people just can't stand the idea of feeding raw they're afraid of it because the the media and everyone else their veterinarians have have made them be afraid of raw food my dogs have been raw fed for twenty years. Um, and do very well my my oldest dog lived to be 19 wow and uh, he, he was a puppy mill rescue uh, had a million problems when we got him but he lived to be 19 had a great life we adopted another one at 14 and he lived to uh, 18 Wow! Uh, came with a million problems as well and that was taking them off poor quality diet yep. putting them on high quality diet Um, and, and lots of supplementation really sort of supporting their systems that needed supporting. Mm. So I think that we can see huge differences in the health of our pets just by feeding real food instead of, instead of dead food. It's just, and and that's why that's been my main focus for a lot of my career is all about nutrition.
1: What about the raw food when it comes to um, problems associated with spaying and neutering? Does it affect spaying and neutering in any way, though?
0: I don't think so, other than I think that any dog who's fed a whole food diet is going to have a stronger immune system, is going to heal more quickly from Mm. surgery. And one of the things that we see, particularly if a dog is spayed or neutered uh, middle age or later, so if you delay and then you decide to spay, let's say, at five years old or neuter at five years old, One of the things that I would caution people is about six months after surgery, check their thyroid levels, an awful lot, particularly if they're kibble fed, but an awful lot of these dogs, their thyroid will crash because it's part of the endocrine system, which is the glandular system in the body. So we just took away their ovaries or their testes, and now their thyroid is working harder, their adrenal gland is working harder, their pituitary gland is working harder, and a lot of them will crash and become hypothyroid.
1: Wow. Wow, wow, wow. There you go, guys. (laughs) Take it all in. I've learned so much. I'm like, whoa. So in a a nutshell, I'm going to try my best to do a nutshell in a nutshell summary. In a nutshell, it used to be that we thought, let's just, you know spay and neuter at 8 to ten, twelve weeks sort of thing but now it seems like leaving them to six months a year at least till they've had their first litter if they're females and and kind of stop growing if we can kind of, and that can be up to 18 months you're saying or, or even yes. older for the bigger breeds yes. is possibly the way to go it, it's, but it is still a bit of a balance would you agree that it's still there are the downsides of doing it later is that there can be more aggression turn up. I mean where I'm coming from is I've worked in a doggy daycare where I've seen these right. dogs turn up who are entire and it's like, oh my gosh, it's like it's like dynamite plus TNT just walks into the uh dog. But then I guess you don't I, I, I guess if you have to put them in a doggy daycare that can be an issue. But there's always ways around things.
0: It can be an issue. A lot of the daycares will not allow them. And uh, I had a stallion, a Pasifino stallion yep and he spent the first 15 years of his life in a paddock by himself yep. because clearly we didn't want him out with the mares and it was thought that he would be too aggressive yep. and uh, you know being out with other horses. So he stayed in a paddock by himself. I inherited the horse when he was about 15, 16 years old and I just could not stand watching him pace the fence oh. and be so miserable. Mm-hmm. And even when you would go to lead him, he would be, you know, bitey and just, you know, his personality just, he was a sweet guy, but it was just like, oh my God, you have all these horrible male characteristics, but I didn't want, I did not want to castrate him at 16 years of age. So I was boarding and trying to find a boarding facility, kind of like intact dogs, trying to find a boarding facility was tricky, but I found one and they had a 40 acre field with 15 gelded horses so castrated males out in the field and i said can we try him and she said yeah let's give it a try we put him out there and he went out there it wasn't a very big horse but he went out there and he decided he was going to be boss of the field and he was going to take everybody on well the other horses were bigger than him and within five minutes they had settled that and he said huh how about that and that was that and he lived another 10 years out in a field with other geldings his personality was so docile; he never got gelded. But it totally just giving him an outlet to socialize yep. with others, to learn how to be with others. Um, I think the intact male dogs certainly can learn. To I, my intact males, they're, they're very social creatures. Yep. They would never consider. Um, and again, it there, it may be breed related, but I have I have had clients with multiple large male intact you know large breed dogs that have just never been a problem so i i think it's socialization and training early on um, and then learning the personality of your particular dog and whether or not that's going to work out for him
1: more of a case-by-case approach rather than a blanket kind of yeah that absolutely absolutely that makes total sense wow beautiful beautiful beautiful
0: You know it's kind of like that little chihuahua you talked about he had no problem being intact he wasn't going in there jumping on everybody he was just going in there
1: yeah (laughs) yeah absolutely dr judy morgan it has been enlightening I love it. Brilliant. I've learned learned so much more new stuff. It's great. Now, you mentioned something early on. You you mentioned another website, I believe, or a a business. Is there a website? Is it just drjudymorgan.com or was there another website just so we can put it into the... uh... So we
0: have drjudymorgan.com and we also have educational courses that are on Dr. Judy U, but you can get to those through the Dr. Judy Morgan. I'm curious. Dr.
1: Judy U, is that Y-O-U on the end?
0: No, you as in university. So it's just Dr.
1: Judy U. Beautiful. Just the letter U, Dr. Judy U. I love it. Dot com, I presume, at the end. Is that right? Yes, yes. Wow. Well, is there anything else you would like to share with us or information you'd like to share or websites or anything else you'd like to share? Over to you, just as we close this up, wrap this up.
0: Uh, well, anybody who is interested in learning about health and longevity, how we have, if you sign up for our newsletter, you will get a white paper that I wrote that is six ways to keep your pet naturally healthy. Um, and we want to help educate people not to just accept the status quo, like not just accept Yeah we we spay and neuter at six months, not to just accept we give vaccines every single year, not to accept that we should use all these dreadful, horrible chemicals on our dogs and cats. Uh, And that's what our educational platform is about. It's about... uh, educating the pet owner so that they can have intelligent conversations with their veterinary and not feel that they're backed into a corner or they don't have a choice. Um, it would be my goal for every single pet owner to have their pets live two decades. And that's what we're working toward.
1: Wow. Brilliant. Wow. I love it. I'm excited. The, 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 the thought of dogs living to 20 years old is, is really beautiful. I gotta say, I, I know a lot of clients who, um, yeah, the dogs they they feed them kind of the very expensive well-known brands and I just want to say this and the dogs do seem to often they die very young. They do. It's 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 frightening.
0: They do. We're fe- we're feeding dead food. Yep. We're feeding dead food and it does they might survive but they don't thrive. Yep. And we want our pets we want our pets to thrive. Yep. So tons of nutrition information on our website. I've written two cookbooks for dogs. Yep. One is called Yin and, Yin and Yang Nutrition. Heal, uh, maximizing health with whole foods, not drugs. So if you have a dog with kidney disease, we've got recipes. Uh, you know, it, you don't have to be backed into a corner of feeding uh, very expensive prescription kibble that is dead food made with bad ingredients. Yeah,
1: yeah. Wow. Dr. Judy Morgan, it has been a pleasure. Thank you for being on the show today. It's been wonderful. Thank you very much. And uh, for those of you listening... Thank you for joining us today. And uh, all the notes, if you want to uh, read what we've uh, discussed here, you can go to theonlinedogtrainer.com forward slash Dr. Judy Morgan. And, uh, of course, you can go to uh, Dr. Judy Morgan's site. That's drjudymorgan.com. And uh, all the links will be uh, written up on and uh, placed on uh, my site too. So thank you for listening, everybody. It's been a lot of fun. Have a great day as always. Take care. Bye-bye. You've been listening to another episode of the Doggy Dan Podcast Show, bringing you one step closer to creating harmony with your dog.